0: This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber, or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Contrary to popular belief, there are more than two sexualities. Any layperson on the street would be able to define what heterosexuality and homosexuality is. How empathetic these definitions are is a greater concern than whether the definitions could be given in the first place. Ask someone what asexuality is and it will be entirely up in the air whether they will hit on something close to the truth. I don't blame people for this. I, Emily Johnson, new podcaster and lifetime asexual, didn't know what asexuality was until 7 years ago. And it's literally my sexual identity. People who have only recently encountered the concept of asexuality may be tempted to look it up online. The definition they'll get when they do this is Asexuality, noun, the quality or characteristic of having no sexual feelings or desires. This isn't wrong, per se, but it's also not right. Every asexual person experiences their asexuality differently and will have a different definition for it. So I alone cannot give you a broad understanding of variances in asexuality. That's why I've enlisted others to help me. I'll let them introduce themselves.
1: Um,
2: My name is Abby Reddy and I identify as ace.
1: My name is Sahitya Berry. Most people just call me Berry. And I identify as a grey romantic asexual.
2: So hi, I'm Kaz and I identify as Uh, like sort of WTF romantic asexual with some shade of grey in there somewhere.
0: My name is Emily Mercurio and I identify as asexual. My name's Nikki Vivica and
3: I'm an aromantic asexual. I'm Sammy, I identify as asexual
1: and non-binary.
0: Different people from different walks of life, all linked by one identifier, asexual. What does that mean? Well, for me, it simply means I don't feel sexual or romantic attraction for other people. Sammy and Nikki are similar to me in this respect.
1: It just means that I don't have any sexual attraction to people yet. I've just never had any interest in dating people. Never, never got it, I guess.
3: I don't have any sexual desire. I've never felt any real sexual attraction to anybody. And I don't feel any need for, for sex. I've never got any pleasure out of sex and I also don't have any particular need for relationships.
0: Not everyone experiences asexuality in this way though. Although some asexual people, myself included, are able to tie their sexual identity in with their romantic identity to create one homogenous blob of unattraction, others can't. This is where shades of grey enter the mix and the spectrum is born. I'll let someone who inhabits a different position on the spectrum explain.
2: Yeah, so, um, romantic is hilariously used within the community, um, but also that can just be grey romantic, which means kind of like, ugh, romance, what, confusing, don't know how I relate to that, just kind of muddling by. And I predominantly identify as asexual, occasionally things get confusing, so I add in like a a dash of grey. That's why I like the vague descriptions and labels.
0: Barry, who also has grey in his identity, has another definition.
1: I haven't felt sexual attraction to anyone before, but I have had some sort of attraction to some people, but I'm not sure whether that attraction can be classified as romantic. So that's why I choose to use the term grey romantic instead of aromantic.
0: This is something I think makes asexuality unique amongst the sexualities. It's also something that really adds to the confusion for people who have never encountered it before. Asexuality doesn't exist on a spectrum. It is a spectrum. I think once you can wrap your head around that, it's really pretty simple. But constantly needing to define my own identity can be exhausting. And I often just let people assume whatever they want about me, because I can't be bothered having this conversation with them. I'm not alone in this. There's still a lot of people that I don't tell or I don't bring it up in conversation or anything like that because it still feels slightly uncomfortable. You can never just tell someone that that's what you are without then having to launch into an explanation of what that is, what asexuality is. So sometimes I'm just not really feeling up for that conversation.
2: Oh, yeah, it's just I'd love to talk about things more openly, but sometimes you get some wild reactions when you come out as ace, like the first person I ever came out to asked me if I'd been diagnosed by a doctor, and it's like, oh, oh, uh, no, it's a sexuality, no, or just sometimes invasive questions and stuff, and it's like, oh, please just Google
0: it. Even when taking the time and effort to explain what asexuality is, there are times when we're still entirely disregarded. This is the problem of having a sexuality that doesn't fit neatly in a box and doesn't get discussed within a mainstream setting. I'm sure any listeners who are pansexual, bisexual or non-binary can relate to this. When people don't understand the term you've just used to describe yourself, they should take it as a moment to learn. But instead, some people just decide that because they don't know about it, it can't be a thing. It's happened to me. It may have happened to you. And it happened to many of the people I spoke with over the course of creating this podcast, including Nikki.
3: The very first time I came out, which was to my housemate at the time, she completely dismissed it as if it was anything. It was just like, we'd had a conversation and she was like, so what, um, so like in a relationship, what sort of thing would, you know, what sort of thing's a deal breaker? And I'd be like, well, anything, because I'm asexual, I don't do relationships. Uh, and she was just like, yeah, 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 yeah. But in a relationship, what's the deal breaker? <laughs> it's just like, you didn't, like, you didn't get what I was just saying. Uh, so those sort of conversations happen a lot early on. But so I was quite cautious about telling people at first. But then I've spoken about it a lot more. I speak about it a lot on stage and I talk about it a lot on the radio. I think anyone who sort of knows me knows that I'm ace now. And also because I've been talking about it so much, I've learned very quick, effective ways to express it to people.
0: Although I like to think the way I express my identity is fairly succinct, I must not be using the right words as people still manage to get confused. This is why I don't bother coming out to people unless it's pertinent to the conversation. The lack of motivation I feel to tell people who I am is not helped by the fact that I can just say, I'm queer and people will leave it at that. I also don't get questioned when I say things like, I'll never get married, or I'll be happily single my whole life. Because not desiring a man for reasons of independence is apparently less confusing than not desiring a man because I find them undesirable. Other great lines are,
3: For a long time, I just used to say, oh, look, I don't date, which people would get, but I would not necessarily understand the reason. They put it down to a heartbreak, or busyness, or some other thing like that. If you say, I don't date, people are like, oh, there's something going on, I won't ask. Whereas if you say, I'm asexual, people are like, oh, so do you masturbate?
2: (laughs) Mine was always saying that I'm focusing on my studies, just shut down that conversation.
1: I had assumed that my parents would not be happy with me being in a relationship. So that used to be my excuse that, oh, I don't want to be in a relationship because my parents will be mad.
0: It's astounding to me that people are more willing to accept flimsy excuses for not dating over the very real excuse of simply not being attracted to people romantically and or sexually. But the thing is, romantic love and sex are so central to how many people see and experience the world that not having these desires seems impossible to some. I remember coming out to a friend and her reaction being, really? Is that even possible? I was in the midst of a breakdown at the time, so having to explain the inner workings of my sexuality wasn't something I wanted to do. Questions like, how do you know? And what if you're just misinterpreting your emotions are just impossible to answer. If the person I'm speaking to has already decided that I don't know myself well enough to be secure in my feelings, then what can I possibly say to them to convince them that my sexuality is real? Other questions like, do you masturbate? And have you ever orgasmed? Are just awkward and super not appropriate for casual conversations. Besides, answers to these questions are absolutely nobody's business but my own. I don't go around asking invasive questions about other people's sexualities or nighttime habits, so why do people feel it's okay to ask invasive questions about mine? By the way, I'm still really good friends with the person that interrogated me the most and seemed the most disbelieving. I've been good friends with her for over 15 years now. We don't talk about my sexuality. She knows, and I think she now understands. But it's a topic I'm no longer comfortable broaching with her, And that's just sad. We grew up together, we went through puberty together, we've shared all our highs and lows, we've managed to stay in close contact despite now living on opposite sides of the country. And yet, there is a whole part of myself that I no longer feel safe sharing with her. The lack of understanding, the questions, the emotional labour of it all, it stops people from coming out. I'm one of those people, as is Barry.
1: One that I've had multiple times is, dude, that's not a thing. Uh, For which I've had to respond, yes, it's a thing. I am asexual. Um, For one, it was more negative because the next time I spoke to my friend, he he basically asked me, so are you still asexual? That really hurt my feelings. So after that, I haven't really mentioned it to anyone.
0: On the flip side, Getting positive reactions or even just neutral reactions can be so good and so encouraging. Abby is a great example of this.
2: I'm pretty out as far as I know because I'm pretty open about that. I don't really hide that. I was actually afraid. I didn't know how my family would react, how my friends would react. And surprisingly, they honestly didn't mind or didn't even like care as in a a bad way, you know, they were like, fine, it doesn't matter. (laughs) You know, you, you be you. And that was very surprising because I thought that would go in a very different way.
0: The dream, honestly. I wish I lived in a world where I could just go, yo, I'm ace, and have everyone understand and accept. I don't want to answer any more questions. I don't want to justify myself. And I don't want anyone to make a big deal out of it. I mean it's only fair i don't make a big deal out of the specific sexual and romantic preferences of people who do experience these forms of attraction otherwise known as allosexuals i think a world where there is at least a base understanding of the fluidity of sexual attraction and non-attraction is possible i haven't got there yet because asexuality like many sexual and gender identities is still so unseen definitely a big problem and one that has me asking where am I? Every time I look at the world around me. Stay tuned for the next instalment because I'll be diving into the world of media to try and find myself.
3: Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to
1: joy.org.au.